Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to another video from Fantasy Football Scout. My name is Az and I'm here to talk about my first draft team. Um, obviously I put together a team as soon as the game first came out. Uh, I've tinkered with it a little bit. I think it's now at the stage where I'm sort of ready to show it um, a little bit. I know some people are deliberately leaving it for a few more weeks, waiting to see what pre-season brings, waiting to see what uh, you know players move to different sides and all that kind of thing. I... I'm too addicted to this game, obviously, so I've made a, a nice early draft. I imagine it's going to change, um, you know, a uh, couple of players will probably change, but at the same time, I think the core, uh, some there's going to be some core players that, that stay right right through till the end um, of pre-season. So looking forward to FPL being back, um, and let's kind of get into it. Uh, before we do that, just a shout out to Fantasy Football Scouts. If you're uh, playing FPL this season, you're going to need uh, some tools to help you sort of climb up the ranks. Uh, Fancy Scout I've used for years and years and years. Great tools, comparison tools, stats tables, everything you need um, to win your mini leagues and everything else. So check out fantasyscout.co.uk, uh, sign up as a member um, and yeah, and, and let us know what you think. We've got some great stuff in there and be really interested to get your, your feedback on everything. Um, <clears throat> right, let's get straight into it. Let's get straight into my first draft team. Um, what we've got here is the goalkeeper to start with. So, kind of break it down sort of position by position. First player I want to talk about is, is the goalkeeper. Um, at the moment, I'm going with Raya. I'm going to be presenting some stats on, on some of the other kind of considerations um, for goalkeeper at the moment. Um, but Raya, out of all goalkeepers, had the best minutes per points when he played. Obviously, missed a big chunk of the season uh, last year. Brentford, good defensive side, stayed up, had a bit of a wobble mid-season, but the sign of Ericsson really kind of sorted them out. And obviously, Raya coming back to um, haven't seen too many signings from them at the moment. Obviously, they've lost Ericsson, who's that big kind of creative force. If they do that, they might be <clears throat> sort of prioritising, you know, defence first rather than attack. Um, but Frank doesn't know how to attack and, and, and get points that way as well. So it'd be really interesting to see how, how Brentford's set up. Um, Brentford have got absolutely brilliant start to the season, which is the kind of the main reason why um, I'm looking at, at, at Raya. Um, I think, you know, given that he, he makes saves and and, and gets points when, when he plays. And in fact, Brentford played Leicester, United, Fulham, Everton and Palace in the first five. You can go kind of right up to you know, game week eight, game week nine, when, you know, a lot of people play wild cards. I played my wild card in, in game week six um, last season, for example. Um, so you really want to kind of target those first sort of one to to six fixtures and, and try and and try and get in, you know, the, the goalkeeper that you think has has got a good chance. Um, there's some other goalkeepers that I'm going to talk about. I think um, Mendy's obviously been kindly priced at 5 million. Um, Ramsdale, 5 million. Um, you know, Arsenal got a great, <clears throat> great start to the season. 
But then you've got Tommy Ashley there at 4.5 and Ben White um, as well. Brighton don't have a bad start. Okay, I've got Leeds, Fulham um, in game weeks 4 and 5. Uh, Bright, uh, United, um, Newcastle and West Ham in the first three. So again, not bad for, for someone like Sanchez. You've got someone like Melier at 4.5 who makes loads of saves. There's, there's lots of options in that in that goalkeeper position. It'll be interesting to see what the kind of template um, gravitates to. It's normally one of these 4.5 goalkeepers. I think Raya is, is going to be very popular. Um, so that's why he's in my side. Moving to defence, I'm currently at the four at the back. I am toying with the idea um, of five at the back as well. I think that's where the value really lies um, in, in defence this season. Um, the trouble with five at the back is it means you're having to go very, very uh, kind of budget on your subs. Um, if you go four at the back, for example, there's 4.0 uh, defender. Um, we, we think Neko Williams is going gonna, is gonna to move to Forest. That gives us that kind of option. And then at 4.5, you've got loads of players who are going to massively outscore that, that price tag. You know, Tommy Asu, who I mentioned, someone like Pereira um, at Leicester. There's plenty of options that can give you that really solid first sub-option. If you go five at the back and you're going to go with two strikers, maybe 4.5 strikers, you're not going to get any points from those. If you're going with 4.5 midfielders, there's a real dearth of those at the moment as well. Even at the five million bracket, you're still not going to get great. So you might even have to come to 5.5 midfielder just to get one decent bench option. Um, so it's a bit of a trade-off. I think the defenders, you know, we're looking at Trent, Robertson, Chilwell, James, Cancelo, someone like Perisic. You know, Jed Spence, if he moves to, to Spurs, and then you've got the likes of Cash, Dean, all these guys, there's, there's Trippier, there's so many options in defence. So trying to work out which are the best ones, um, you know, can be really strong. I mean, here I've got um, Trent, Cancelo and James. They are absolutely locked in my in my side, unless we see any kind of injuries um, across pre-season, obviously. Maybe, you know, we see pre-season with James dropping back in the centre-back and might decide to switch to Chilwell, but at the moment... Uh, James is, is an absolute lock. Um, Eight Nori's there. I've got a kind of rotation with him and, and Tommy Asu. I like Eight Nori particularly for the first two fixtures, uh, Leeds and Fulham. Then you can bring Tommy Asu in. He's got Bournemouth. Um, and then you've got Fulham as well for Tommy Asu as well. Um, and then when Wolves have uh, Wolves have Bournemouth in game week five and Arsenal have Villa. So they, they rotate quite nicely. It gets you a really strong opening five games um, from those two. And I talk a bit more about the stats. Um, kind of in a second. The alternative to that would be you could go for Neko Williams. Um, if he does move, move eight Nori up to a five million, like a Cash, a Dean, a Trippier, like I said. Um, but obviously that gives you a little bit less kind of flexibility to move between those two players. But at the same time, you know, you might not care. You might just want to play these players who've got good attacking potential, playing for good sides with good fixture runs um, as well. So that, that kind of gives you the option. I think if, if Williams moves, we, we might see a bit of a uh, more of a change from people who are definitely set on, on five at the back, moving back to four and going with Williams. So, yeah, we're, we're kind of all hoping for, for him to move to kind of uh, make the game a little bit more interesting. Uh, next, we've got my midfield. Uh, so one particularly interesting pick in midfield, um, I think. I've gone for Salah, obviously. Uh, no chance I'm, I'm starting the season with him. I know a few people attempted to... Uh, <laughs> to, to spread the funds around. But, you know, Fulham in that first game, it's, it's too good to ignore. Um, I've actually gone for Sterling, Raheem Sterling. Um, he's in there. He'll cost you 10 million. He's currently Man City where he's not guaranteed game time. The rumours are at the moment, though, that he is off to Chelsea. And if he goes off to Chelsea for 10 million, I would be very, very hard picked not, not to start with him. Chelsea have a good run. Everton, Spurs, Leeds, Leicester, Southampton. It's a great first five. I think Sterling proves time and time again when people are doubting him, doubting his ability, doubting his finishing, all these things. It just makes him come back stronger. Look what he did for England, you know, for us in the last tournament. Mate, you know, no one even wanted him to start and he came in and was the kind of player of the season, uh, played the tournament for that. Um, he's, you know, consistently scoring 
got scoring goals for City, even though he's in and out of the team. His underlying stats we're going to talk about in a bit are absolutely phenomenal as well. So I think with the template that's going to be so strong, with people going for Salah and Haaland, there may be a few people going for Kane. It's tricky to fit in the likes of Son and, and De Bruyne and not completely rip your team apart. But going for one of these like nine, ten million options who could, you know, absolutely smash it in the first few weeks could be something a bit different and something to propel uh, you up the ranks. The problem with that, obviously, is you've got to kind of make a few sacrifices elsewhere, uh, which is why my midfield uh, looks a little bit light. Um, I've gone for Bruno Gamirash, my favourite player from from last season. Well, my second favourite player, actually. Uh, Rhys James was was the one who, who made it onto the, to the wall. I don't think you can quite see. My camera's just cutting it out. Uh, but Bruno Gamirash was, was a great player for me. I really like that Nottingham Forest at home uh, match for them in, in game week one. Um, they play Brighton as well. They typically do quite well against us. They even, I think they managed, managed to get a point against us last year under Bruce and we were, we were doing really well. Um, then it gets a little bit trickier. They've got City, they've got Wolves, they've got Liverpool. So obviously the two best sides sandwiched between Wolves away. But those first two games, I think, um, look quite good. And by that time, we might have another kind of six million option um, emerging that we can kind of move to or, or be a bit flexible. I think that spots a little bit kind of um, up in the air. The, the six million options don't massively excite me. I think a lot of people are going to be tempted by someone like Martinelli, for example, or well, going for Gamirez for um, Nottingham Forest and Brighton first. You could then switch to Martinelli in game week three, then you've got Bournemouth Fulham um, in the next two games. So if there is a kind of Arsenal mid who, who really does emerge as the strongest option, maybe Martinelli has started those last two, scored a couple of goals, the move to him is, is fairly easy. That's what we're kind of hoping for. Um, I also think there's enough 5.5 options as well. That's a Visa, um, Elise. There's plenty of players around that kind of six million mark to kind of be a bit flexible um, with that. Um, Neto is the next one. We're going to talk a bit about more about Neto in a second. I think he's obviously really, really popular in the kind of Twitter and fantasy book scout um, circles at the moment. 5.5 million. He's got Leeds and Fulham in his first two games. Good underlying stats last season. Um, is that kind of perfect player where a lot of people will be put off because of the points total he got without considering the circumstances of his kind of injury. So if you're watching lots of other streams and reading articles and stuff, you're going to see lots of people badgering on about, about Neto. Um, he's essentially playing furthest forward up front for Wolves, classifies a midfielder, dropped down to 5.5. Um, and with good fixtures. So it's completely reasonable that people um, are talking about him. Now, the one problem with this, with this midfield um, and the problem, you know, that, that um, you know, might sway me to kind of make a couple of changes, may, maybe, you know, take Sterling out um, towards the end. I'm not completely set on him, but I, I do like the look of him at, at 10 million. Um, I really like this 8 million midfielder spot. Now, obviously, I can move Sterling down um, to that 8 million mid. Um, but, you know, obviously, if I do that, I'll have money to play with and move around and I'm probably going to end up taking hits and that kind of thing. Uh, the 8 million midfielder slot, there's lots of good players in that. There's Saka, for example, the best option at Arsenal. You've got Madison, best option at Leicester. I mean, really tough fixtures for them. They've got Arsenal, Chelsea, United in the first five. Um, but they do have Southampton at home in, in game week three. I think it's from about game week six or seven. The fixtures get really, really nice for Leicester um, as well. So it's definitely someone like Madison would be someone kind of on my radar. Um, Kulazewski as well. He's, he's at 8 million as well. You've got Bowen at 8.5, just a little bit more. You know, plenty of options in Mount, Foden, Mares, all these guys. So I think you definitely want to have at least one player in there who's 8 million or more in that spot. And that's where I think going five at the back can kind of reduce that flexibility. I haven't even mentioned Diaz, for example, who could be one of the bargains of the season at 8 million um, if he can kick off. So I will definitely be starting with an 8 million midfielder or higher. At the moment, it's Sterling. I could move down to one of those just to make sure I've got that kind of flexibility um, in midfield. And team structure is really important. When you are putting together your, your draft, you don't want to lock yourself out of being able to move um, quickly for these players. I mean, forwards, we, we know, are, are going to be tricky. We've got some, we have got some options this year. I think we're going to talk about some of those in a sec. Um, particularly in midfield, um, you want to make sure that you're able to move on players when they, when they start you know, um, performing well right at the start. 
Um, on my forwards end, so classic 4-4-2, gone full Sean Dyche on this. Uh, he wishes he had Haaland um, up front, so Haaland's in there. Um, I imagine I'll be starting the season with him. Um, if Obviously, if, if there's if there's little pre-season for him, if he's getting his minutes managed, if there's issues around kind of his, his sort of role in the side and Pep says, oh, he might not be ready to start, all that kind of thing. These are all things that can change, you know, pretty dramatically over, over pre-season. But... Assuming he's fit and ready to go and in the side, he'll be at my side for West Ham away. I don't mind this idea of starting with Kane um, and, you know, for that Southampton game. But realistically, I don't think you're going to captain Kane against Southampton when you, when Salah's got Fulham. So do I? am I sure that, that Spurs are, are going to go absolutely crazy against Southampton in game week one? And then I'm going to have to use a transfer to move him over to Haaland. I think that's a risky one. Um, and, and I think people might regret having that transfer already booked in. I think the safer play is to just start with Haaland. Um, in game at one. I mean, his ownership is, is massively high compared to Kane, so it's a good differential option. But I do think if you're going to start with Kane or Son over um, Haaland, you, you should probably just consider captaining them as well, just to try and make the most out of that, that one-week um, move. If you're not going to captain them, then I, I don't think it, it's worth it, just because those those transfers are so are so vital. Um, I've gone off on Tony um, as well. I think he's a good price at £7 million. Obviously, he's got the penalties as well. I think he had a struggle for the first half of the season. Obviously, Everton came in and kind of boosted his his appeal. He's a player who won't be affected by this five-sub rule at all. He's going to be playing sort of every minute, and I like that. With the fixtures Brentford have got, I think he's a good, solid option as well. The other good thing I like about having that second striker is it means one less 4.5 um, up there as well. <clears throat> I think Dennis Undav is someone that I'm going to be talking about a lot over pre-season, someone I really like the look of. Um, at 5.5, but I'm just not sure he's going to be completely ready for that game week one. Again, this could change if we see great signs in pre-season. You know, if, if Mope leaves maybe or one of the other strikers and, or there's an injury or something like that and he comes in, I think at 5.5 we're going to see a lot of investment in him. But I'm willing to pay that little bit more um, for Tony, um, given that, that Brentford have got that, that good run. Um, the worrying thing with Tony is obviously Ericsson has gone, um, like we mentioned, and, and who kind of takes over that kind of creative uh, mantle. They need to sign a creative player, simple as that. If they don't, I think I'll be a bit more worried um, about Tony, but assuming they, they get someone in who can, who can play in that role, um, then I think he's, he's a good option to, to start the season. Probably my pick of all the kind of seven, 7.5 strikers, although Callum Wilson, um, I think is, is a good option, particularly for that game week one um, game. Uh, so this team gives me a bench um, of the Brentford backup goalkeeper. Uh, it gives me a Tomiyasu, so another 4.5 defender, like I mentioned, to rotate with Aitnori. Um A 4.5 midfielder. I mean, there's there's a bit. There's not really much choice. I've gone for Sarmiento at Brighton. He's a he's a very talented player, very attacking. I think we're going to see him get more minutes um, next season. Um, be interesting to see where his kind of position is and where Potter plays him, but very highly rated, very highly regarded. Um, and you don't want to be using a 4.5 slot from like a team like Liverpool or you know Chelsea, or even though it's tempting because you're, you're blocking that spot. So Brighton seem a perfect side because realistically, even me as, the, as a big Brighton fan isn't going to end up with, with three Brighton players in my, in my side, um, I wouldn't imagine. Um, then it's Greenwood um, up front. He's probably the best of the 4.5 strikers. Same reason Sarmiento, not going to play. Um, that much, but at the same time, you're not going to have, probably have many Leeds players, uh, and they're struggling a bit, kind of up, up front. Um, well, they were at least in last season, so he, sh he should play um, a little bit um, as well. Uh, so that's the side that I'm going to be uh, talking a bit more in detail about now. Um, we'll see. Interesting doing these videos, see how much it changes over pre-season. I'll come back to that and kind of see where where I ended up. Um, let's talk about some stats. So I've grabbed these stats from the Fantasy Football Scout members area. Um, I've highlighted in green the players that I've selected in my side. And then I've just put in a couple of other options that I'm considering um, as well. So I think I'm between three goalkeepers, which is probably going to be Raya, um, Mendy and Sanchez. 
I'm a bit reluctant to to move on Mendy. I think he's 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 quite tempting at five million. Obviously, get, taps you into that that Chelsea backline. I do think there's options at Chelsea though. You know, if Sterling moves. There's Mount there as well. You've got you know the two fullbacks. You've got you know maybe Havertz as well. I think there's there's enough players for me not to want to lock into a a Chelsea goalkeeper. But you can't deny that you know a Chelsea goalkeeper is, is going to offer good value at five million. Um, some of the more worrying signs for Mendy though is that he doesn't make many saves. Um, two two ish. 90 so he's not hitting those kind of you know three three saves to get more points um his minutes per baseline bonus is 7.6 which is the highest of, of all these players um in a bad way so it takes him longer to, to reach the kind of threshold to get to the bonus and if you look at his xg prevented i mean they conceded 2.5 um, more goals based on this metric um than, than he should have done so he was letting in kind of sloppy sloppy chances um, if you compare that to raya for example raya is making over three saves per 90 which is exactly what you want to see if you're getting three saves a game and it's boosting him up to three points and you know then they're getting maybe a clean sheet as well and some bonus on top of that that's everything i like to see a good minutes per based on bonus of 5.4 uh, actually prevented of 0.7 which isn't amazing but you know ideally you want your goalkeeper to be saving more and then they let in but it's quite tricky and there aren't many keepers out there that are actually doing that uh, sanchez is the other one i'm looking at um, he's the most boring pick, I think, out of all these. We we do concede kind of the old goal. Um, it's actually prevented it is about where you know it should be minus 0.3. Doesn't hit those three saves per 90 though. Um, minutes per baseline bonus of six, which is just marginally worse than than Raya. So again, I think it's it's quite close between both of these players at, at 4.5. Um, I think both teams should have have good seasons. I just like that Raya makes slightly more saves. Um, as well, and I'm expecting them to be uh, a little bit more solid. So I don't think you can go wrong with either of them, but I'm, I'm leaning towards Raya. Um, the other player I put in here is Henderson um, at Notts Forest. I think, you know, promoted keepers. I, I do like a promoted keeper. Um, when they come up, they tend to make loads of saves. When they do keep a clean sheet, they often, you know, only win by one one goal or something like that, or, or a nil-nil, and the keepers have, have made loads of saves and, and fly. So, Again, at 4.5, you know, I think Henderson um, has shown with Sheffield United what, what a good pick he was. I just think if you could have him or you could have a more established goalkeeper like Sanchez, who's been in the league for quite a few seasons now, um, with Brighton or with Raya, who's had a season and, and obviously performed really strongly, I think it's harder to justify going for Henderson, but he could be a bit of a left-field option um, to consider. Uh, the problem is not for his fixtures aren't great. I mean, Newcastle first game, West Ham, um, Everton's okay, but then Spurs and, and City sort of in the first five. So if you compare that to, uh, you know, both Brentford and Brighton, I think it's, it's going to be one of the other two that, that we consider. So looking at defenders next then, um, I've changed up kind of obviously the stats that we're talking about. Um, I've gone for the attacking stats, chances created per 90, shots per 90, and then expecting goal involvement, non-penalty um, per 90 as well. There's not clean sheets from last season here, um, purely looking at, uh, at these kind of attacking metrics. Um, there's, a, there's a few reasons for that. I mean, the main reason for me um, is that defenders at the moment, the, the, value, the slots are so sort of... Um, important for us given the value that we've got in defence. You want to be getting in, in defenders who can, you know, even if they concede a goal, lose that clean sheet, someone that can get you attacking returns um, to, or you've got to be looking at players who've got kind of really good fixtures who you're comfortable in getting, you know, some, some defensive points through. I think a good example is Palace, for example. Um, I mean, we're not really considering Palace um, assets in our team. They've got a really good um, underlying stats defensively, the good solid side against Vieira. Okay, the fixtures are quite tricky, but even if they were better, I still think it would be difficult to justify going for one of those when we've got such good um, attacking options kind of elsewhere. So some of the players that I've kind of highlighted here, um, I've put Eight Nori in, um, for example. His underlying stats aren't great, actually, from, from an attacking sense. Next year, non-penalty of just 0 0.09, which is the worst of all the players on this list that I'm talking about. 
think Johnny could be an option on the other side as well. Um, but I just think Aiden Norrie's place is a bit more secure in that team. Aiden Norrie's place in my team is, is someone who I'm a little bit uncertain about because I want those attacking um, ability. It's just those first two games are so good for Wolves. And then, he, as I said, he rotates so well with, with Tommy Asu. Um, so that's the reason why he's in. I also like the look of Ricardo Pereira at 4.5. I think Leicester really struggled last season. They've got no Europe next year. They're going to have to sort out those kind of defensive um, vulnerabilities. You've got James Justin. Uh, James Justin? Uh, James Justin as a good option at 4.5. Uh, and Ricardo um, as well um, on the, on the right-hand side. You know, Brazilian international, we were 6 million a few seasons ago. Come down so much in price. Those Leicester defenders are going to be really, really good options um, for us. Uh, cash is an interesting one. So I was talking about Cash's value last season of his kind of uh, 140, 150 points um, you know, for five minutes. It'd be, a, be a great return um, if he managed to uh, get that again. The underlying stats don't paint the picture that's going to happen, though. Um, the shots per 90 of 0.99, that's OK. It's pretty decent. Um, you know, that's in keeping is, is a lot better than kind of a lot of other sort of defenders around that price. It's not to the levels of like a Cancelo or a Trent, but it's, it's decent. Um, chance created every 0.74, so less than one chance created a game. But an expected goal involvement non-penalty of just 0.15, you know, which is li- lower than Ricardo, for example, and it's the lowest kind of on this list. So, yeah, well, so the second lowest after eight Nori. So in terms of if he's going to get those attacking returns, get back up to 150 points, it looks a little bit unlikely. But, you know, Villa um, have strengthened defensively, signed a, a good new defender. Um, and they were a good defensive side until it kind of fell away a little bit last season. So he, he's one to monitor. Dean as well gives you that other option. There's quite a few players here where there's a kind of a, a decent option in the same team uh, as a kind of counterpart, uh, which brings me nicely onto Chilwell and, and Reese James. Two players I'm looking at, I'd love to own both of them. It might be a little bit difficult to have Chilwell, James and Sterling um, as well. Uh, we're not sure how Chelsea are going to be defensively um, with Rudiger leaving. There's you know, rumours that, that certain players are going to delict, going to come in. Could James drop back to centre-back? I'm going to switch to forward-back. All of these are questions that we won't really know until pre-season starts and, and maybe the season begins. So I think it might be a little bit too risky to start with, with both of them, um, which is why I'm leading, leaning towards James. He's expected a goal of a non-penalty over 90 minutes. He's 0.4, which is the second best in the league. Second best only to Trent, who's just on a different level when it comes to his underlying numbers. Uh, you know, he's creating over two chances a game, nearly two, having nearly two shots a game, which is worse than Chilwell, but it's still pretty decent. Also, he has a bigger sample size than Chilwell um, as well. James missed sort of 12 games last year. Uh, Chilwell missed a lot more than that, you know, 30, 30 games he missed last season. So, um, you know, it's, it's good to have those numbers from James to show that he can consistently kind of keep putting in uh, these numbers. Um, then some of the more premium uh, defenders to consider. Obviously, I'm considering Robertson um, as well. I think the, the main thing for me, just to kind of make people aware of, though, is if we're looking at purely underlying numbers of Robertson and Trent, Trent's expected goal at non-penalty of 0.5 is almost double um, Robertson's of 0.26. So when it comes to things like shooting, Trent has you know more shots a game. Um, he creates like more chances every game. They're better quality chances and shots as well than Robertson has. Not saying Robertson's a bad pick; still a good option at seven. I do think if you're trying to save money, um, losing Alexander Arnold just isn't the way in which I would want to play it. It's, even if it was for someone like Robertson, Robertson could be someone to pair alongside him and Salah. Not someone that I'd want to. Um, have instead but still still a great option uh, and then finally Cancelo now Cancelo's uh, shots are just absolutely crazy best in the league of all defenders he has 2.26 um, shots on average over two shots a game and on average he managed to create over a chance um, a game as well but next year I'm on plenty of 0.33 which is actually pretty decent it's in line with, with quite a few midfielders um, as well and for just 7 million he gets the clean sheets too you can't neglect those even though we're looking at the defensive um, attacking numbers for the defenders um, you know with the clean sheets as well he, he, he's surely on course for another 200 point season um, next year, again, depending whether fullbacks uh, come in like Cucurella. 
but yeah, Cancelo, absolute lock um, in my side. Um, just just highlighted two other players here. I mean, Williams as well. We talked about him, four million. Uh, could could kind of change things up a bit, I think, if he comes in or if another four million option, not saying it has to be him. He's just someone that um, we, we think we're very likely going to get um, in, our, in our teams. And Perisic there um, as well, 5.5 million. I mean, he has a crazy amount of shots every game. There's a big concern with him though over how many minutes he's, he's going to play. Um, next season, you know, he's got he's got regular on there, he's got Session on there, and lots of other players. So he again, I think, is is a bit of a wait and see um, for me. But if he's going to be kind of consistently getting sixty minutes or sixty plus minutes, I think he's going to be someone as well that we're going to be looking to get. I mean, for five point five million, you know, when you compare that to the forwards and the midfielders, again, that could be one of the value picks of the year. So definitely not someone that I'm discounting. Be interesting to see how he gets on preseason, um, and someone that I could well end up with in my game at one side. So now we can move over to midfield. Loads of options here for us to consider um, in midfield. Um, I've started with Neto, who's someone who's, who's obviously really popular. I mentioned him earlier. I mean, chances created per 90 of 2.31 is, is really high. Um, obviously, we haven't got a huge sample size um, from him, but that's better than the likes of Saka, for example. It's better than Son. It's better than Salah. It's right, right up there. And in terms of shots per 90 as well, I mean, 3.05. Um, you know, you've got someone like Diaz on this list and, and Salah. Um, but, you know, that's beating the likes of, of other players. I've got here Madison, Saka, Grealish, Rashford, um, Son um, as well. So, yeah, I think, um, again, we're going to we're going to see really heavy investment in, in Neto. XGI non penalty of 0.57, uh, really, really high uh, as well. So, yeah, better than Saka, who, who's that kind of benchmark around that 8 million. And, and you're getting that for 5.5. That's why so many people are sort of clamouring um, to get him in. Um, got got Gamirish on there as well. The underlying stats aren't um, really amazing for him. Um, you've got sort of a chance created, one chance created, sort of two shots a game. Again, there's some question marks about the kind of role he's going to play uh, for Newcastle. So we kind of see how that has to fit in. I like Rashford at 6-5. I think he's, he could be a great option for us. He had a poor season last year. Underlying stats are, are pretty terrible for a player of, of his um, standard. 0.38 XGI non-penalty. Barely creating chances. United really struggling to create chances. Only Fernandes seems capable of doing it. Obviously, they've lost Pogba now um, as well. But could we see Rashford lining up up front for United next season? Definitely one to monitor. He's going to be playing out of position. He's almost certainly in my team. Um, some other players that I'm looking at but haven't got in my draft at the moment. I like Grealish. I think if Sterling goes, we might see Grealish sort of coming back into the thinking. Grealish's numbers are actually decent when, when he does play. Um, he's got a better XGI non-penalty than Madison, for example, 0.49 compared to 0.46. He's creating 2.5 chances a match, so heading up towards three chances um, a game. Having shots, two shots a game um, as well. Interesting to see, you know, this £100 million signing where he fits into Pep's plans next year. Someone to monitor, I think, particularly over, over pre-season. Um, I've got Madison, Saka and Diaz as the kind of £8 million um, options of choice. Looking at the underlying stats, is Diaz that comes out um, on top, 0.55, but looking at sort of points, even from the period in which um, Diaz was at sign for Liverpool, you know, from January, it was Madison and Saka that massively outscored him, Madison um, in particular. The underlying stats, though, do suggest a little bit of a regression is, is inevitable for Madison. I mean, he got 180 points last season. I do wonder if he can really hit those highs again. Um, but again, Leicester haven't got Europe um, as well. There should be a better side and maybe he can kick on and, and sort of approach that 200 point mark, which would be absolutely amazing um, for him. But my my gut feeling, as much as I love the man, um, is that he's his might be more like 150, 160 points. And I think he probably needs a bit more than that to justify the kind of 8 million tough fixtures as well for Leicester to start with. Someone that I'll be looking at um, closely, but probably won't be going with at the, at the start of the season. 
Um, Sterling, just to, just to paint a picture of how good Sterling's numbers are, um, his XGI non-penalty is actually better than Son's, for example, 0.69 compared to 0.64. Um, he has the highest um, shots per 90 of kind of the players you know, in which have, have played a lot of minutes, so that's ignoring um, Neto, um, second only to, to Salah. Which is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, Salah's having you know four point five shots um, a match. Sterling's two point six two is 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 high, but not not as high as that. Um, and yeah, I, I just I, I love Sterling. I think he's he's someone who is going to have that real point to prove um, for for Chelsea if he does sign. So really interesting to see what what kind of happens um, with that. Son as well. Son is someone that I am considering. It's he, he's probably not going to end with my side just because of his price. Um, but it's hard to ignore, you know, one of the highest point scorers last season. Someone who's got Southampton at home in the first game, playing at that tip of the, you know, the the attacking sort of double up with with Kane um, as well, from sort of dropping further forward than, than Kane is um, too. Really hard to fit in though, um, and the stats, the underlying stats, you know, when when you see them, they are really strong and really superior. Kane's are actually better, as we're going to talk about in a minute. I'm expecting Son, you know, to come in with with another big season uh, next year. So definitely will be a factor for us but with Salah and Haaland there. Um, it's it's really tricky to kind of um, you know find a place for him. And then finally, I've added Salah. I mean, Salah's an absolute given. You can just look at his numbers. I mean, chance created of, of two chances. Um, you know, he's, he's right up there with some of the best in the league. Shots, as I mentioned, is just absolutely ridiculous. An XGI non-penalty of 90, just to give that kind of benchmark. Um, that's the highest in the league, um, 0.85. Uh, you know, before the kind of AFCON, that was well over one. So you're expected to get something quite comfortably from Salah kind of every match. It has dropped and has dipped a bit, but 0.85 is the kind of benchmark of the best FPL player um, in the league. So when you look at Sterling at 0.69, you look at Son at 0.64, um, you know, even players like Diaz at 0.55, you think, mate, you know, these, these are players, the underlying stats suggest they're in for big seasons. Definitely people that we should be monitoring. I think anyone over 0.6, um, for expected goal involvement on penalty over 90 is definitely someone that you should be um, considering in your sides. So now we move over to forwards. Um, I've got Tony Wilson, Jesus, Kane, Undavan Haaland in as the players that I'm considering. Uh, Tony at the top of the list because of his, his cheapest price. Again, I think it's those penalties that really kind of do boost um, his appeal. His expected goal involvement on penalty, I think, is, is quite disappointing for someone who's kind of spearheading that that um, attack for, for Brentford. I think that improved as well quite considerably when Ericsson came in. Um, too. So he's going to need to kind of be in more goal scoring opportunities and, and positions, better ones uh, next year. But I think the fixtures allow for us to kind of take that risk uh, with him. Uh, Wilson's a really interesting one. I mean, I was, I was surprised to see Wilson's XGI non penalty at 0.34. Um, it's quite low. Um, he doesn't have that kind of chance created stuff. His minutes per shot is higher, 2.26. And a lot of those shots come from in the box. They are, you know, good shots, but he's not having too many of them um, for someone who's, you know, registering such a low kind of XGI. Non-pen, not for us at home, though, in that first game. We just know the other signings that Newcastle make and, and see. Definitely someone that I've got my eye on um, as well. He's a little bit more expensive than, than Tony, though, which kind of dents his appeal um, a little bit. Now, Jesus is a really interesting one. I mean, Jesus's underlying numbers have always historically been really good um, for Man City. And again, Arsenal have had, you know, create loads of chances and don't have that person to convert them. Jesus isn't an elite clinical finisher. He has three shots a game which is, you know, kind of online with with uh, Kane at 3.7. Um, he has, you know, he creates chances, 1.8. He was playing on the wing and, and dropping in and, and creating chances. Very all-action kind of forward. And next year, non-penalty of 0.64 is, is really, really high. The issue with him is, is that can he actually be that kind of converter and, and really finish these chances um, for Arsenal? I think 8 million is a brilliant price for him, though. If I don't go for Sterling... 
and I can find a way of making a kind of, you know, drop him down to an 8 million. I could maybe boost Tony up to an 8 million um, Jesus as well. That gives me a little bit more money to play with. That could be an option that I'm thinking of um, as well. Uh, and I think, you know, we're going to see some interest in, in, in Jesus, uh, particularly from game week three when the fixtures are, are really nice. Um, I've got Kane in there too. It, uh, we talked about the kind of moving from Kane to Haaland. It's not something that I think I'm going to be doing at the start of this season. But again, if I do think there's some risks around Haaland's minutes in that game week one, um, I probably will be starting with with Kane. Um, and again, I think you know, I, I said earlier that you'd have to you'd have to kind of captain him um, if you're thinking of moving that switch. Well, I think if Haaland's not ready for game week one, there could actually be a bit of a prolonged period of time in which it takes him to adjust to the league. And in which case, you don't need to move from Kane to Haaland um, kind of straight away. And if you're keeping him for longer. There's less kind of onus on you to captain him in that in that game week one fixture. Um, so that's my disclaimer. If I do end up with Kane and not Haaland uh, and, and don't captain him, it will only be because I'm planning on keeping him for longer than, than game week one. Um, I've got Haaland in here. I won't talk too much about him. There's a video on Scout on the Scout channel about his prospects um, going forward. Another bench player where I mention again is, is Undav. Uh, you know, tw over 20 goals in the Belgian League, player of the season, gets assists as well. I'm going to keep saying it. He's going to be in our bright. He's going to be first choice striker for us next season. It's just how long will it be until he gets into that? So he's one to monitor for me. Um, if I do see good signs from him, then I will be uh, likely, very likely, to start the season with him. I think he's a, he's a great option at, at five point five. So that's my team. Uh, just come back to it quickly. Hopefully that's been helpful. If you have enjoyed this video, do give us a like. Uh, do give us a subscribe on the channel as well. If you're listening on the podcast version, do give us a review. We'd be really interested to know your feedback um, on all of these. Um, we've got new graphics coming next week. Really looking forward to that. Really looking forward to getting all your feedback uh, with those. Um, but once again, thanks for watching and I will see you soon.